Ready or not, here I come. The word ready, the definition says, completely prepared or in fit condition for immediate action or use. Completely prepared or in fit condition for immediate action or use. I am gonna to go to Genesis chapter six, very familiar passage of scripture regarding Noah. Gen Genesis six, and I'm gonna start at verse five, six and seven, and then I'll jump over to 12 and 13 and 17. And it says, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Another translation said that it was out of control. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both man, beast, creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me, or I'm sorry I even made him. That's what another translation said. Verse 12, and God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence, that sounds familiar today. Through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. I'm going to jump down to 17. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood. This is how he's going to destroy it. Waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven and everything that is in the earth shall die. Then I wanna jump over to chapter seven, verses 4, 10, 12, and 13. For yet seven days I will cause it to rain upon the earth, 40 days and 40 nights. Every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. Verse 10, and it came to pass. After seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. Thirteen, in the selfsame day entered Noah and his family and the three wives of, of his sons with them into the ark. This was the first time that I actually read these passages of scriptures that I counted four times that the Lord said, I will destroy them. And have you ever heard someone repeat themselves? And you said, you already said that. And they said, I know I said it again because I was mad. The Lord was angry. He was angry because of the wickedness and because of the evil that was upon the face of the earth. Amen. And so when God says something, sometimes we can say, well, the Lord said he was going to do it. He was going to open that door. He was going to make that way. And he does those things. But then there's another side of God. And so he, he said, I'm going to destroy it. And we read where it said, and it came to pass that God destroyed it. Amen. 
I'm going to turn to Genesis chapter 18, verse 20. This is a very, another very common scripture that we've heard. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous. I looked up the word grievous, and it said extremely or shockingly wicked. It wasn't just wicked, it was shockingly. Have something ever shocked you before? It was shockingly wicked. Verse 21, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me, and if not, I will know. In other words, he's saying, I got to get down and see if it's as bad as it sounds. Because he said, I'm going to make an end of this. Ready or not, here I come. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to go to Genesis 19. Just bear with me. I'm going to start with 13, 14, and 15, and then we'll read 22 and 24. For we will destroy this place. Let me read verse 1 so you'll know who's talking. And there came two angels to Sodom at evening, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. I'm going to jump to 13. For we, this is the angels, will destroy this place because of the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Lot went out and spake to his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. They thought he was joking. My Lord. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. If you don't get out of here, you're going down too. Amen. Verse 22, hasty. He's saying it again, hurry up, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou come thither. I can't destroy it until you get out. And when I read this, this was nothing but the mercy of God. And, you know, I begin to think about us, you know, I think about, you know, it's a beautiful thing to come into the house of the Lord and to feel his presence. We had such a wonderful time on this morning. It's a wonderful thing to feel the presence of the Lord and we can shout and we can praise him and we can sing and we can do all those things. And when I read this and I said, okay, well, over here on this side, he's telling him, get out of the city. But then over here, he's getting another chance. He said, now hurry up and get out. And so sometimes we have to learn how not to take his mercy for granted. Because we don't know where we are on our mercy scale. Hallelujah. So we need to learn how to take heed to the mercy of God. And so once he got out of the city, verse 24 says, Then the Lord reigned upon Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord 
out of heaven. God said what he was going to do, and he kept his word. Thank you, Lord. Now we're going to go over to Matthew chapter 25. Another familiar scripture. The ten virgins. Five was wise, and five were what? Amen. Very familiar. Okay, so we have ten virgins. They all had one thing in common. They all had lamps. Amen. But five of them had no oil. All had what, all of them did not have what was needed to meet the bridegroom. Five foolish had no oil. The bridegroom delayed his coming and at midnight. So who expects a call at midnight? Even, even in our day, normally when you get a call at midnight, most of the time, it's not good. Amen. And so he delayed his coming. At midnight, there was a call. And so the five foolish said, give us some of your oil. And they said, no, nah, we don't have enough for you. You need to go and buy what you need. Amen. And we know the story. When they went to buy what they needed and came back, the door was closed. Amen. And so they began to say, Lord, Lord, open to us. And a translation said that he said to them, I don't know you. We have no relationship. Amen. Yep. It's very important. We can come to church. We can participate. We can usher. We can sing. We can preach. We can play the instruments. We can do all those things. And those things are wonderful to work into the house of the Lord. But the blessing and the important thing is to have a relationship with God. I thought about several years ago, you know, with COVID and how the church was shut down. But when you have a relationship with God, you can still have church at home all by yourself. Amen. And so a relationship with God is very important. Amen. Ready or not, here I come. Matthew 24 and 42. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Matthew 25 and 13. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. And I begin to think about that. I can remember being younger. I have a brother and two sisters, and before I received the Holy Ghost, I can remember our parents just telling us, you need the Holy Ghost. God is coming. God is coming. You need to be ready. Hell is real. That's the kind of parents we had. They, before we came to church, we heard it at home. You need the Holy Ghost. You need to be saved. Hell is real. Hallelujah. I remember one, one time my mother said, you're going to bust hell wide open. You better be ready when he comes. And so I can appreciate hearing things like that. They didn't sugarcoat it with us. They wanted us to hear well done. They wanted us to make it. And so they were telling us, you need the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So I praise God for that. And when I thought about this, I thought, we don't know when he's coming. We don't know if he's coming in the morning. 
We don't know if he's coming at night. We don't know if he's coming in the daytime. We don't know where we're going to be at. But the main thing is that we need to be ready for his soon return. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And so, you know, I'm kind of looking through the congregation and I don't know, but maybe somebody may feel like, well, Sister Rashida, what do I do to get ready? What do I do? What do I need to do? And so we're going to go to Acts 2.38. Some of y'all can quote it without going there. Acts 2.38. Then Peter said what? What did Peter say? Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repent. What does it mean to repent? To change to regret for sin, to feel remorse, to be sorry. But it doesn't stop there. Then he says, and be baptized, to immerse, to cleanse, to place under, to saturate, to dunk. You know, maybe somebody said, well, I've already been baptized. Well, how were you baptized? Well, well, I was dipped. Well, I was sprinkled. And some people, that's how they've been baptized. But it says to go under to saturate. The song says, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And then it doesn't stop there. It says, for the what? For the remission. No, let me go back. Uh Uh-uh, this is the important part. How could I skip over that? In the name. Can't skip that. In the name of Jesus Christ. Well, I've been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, and then in Jesus' name. No. He said, in the name. Now, I'm a daughter. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a sister. And the list goes on. And so if somebody says, well, aunt, come here. Sister, come here. No, what's my name? My name is Rashida Taylor. And so the name, the father, his name is Jesus The Son, his name is Jesus. The Holy Ghost, his name is Jesus. The song says, I'm so glad I found it out. I found it out in time. I found out that Jesus was the Father, and he is. I found out that Jesus was the Son, and he is. And I found out that Jesus was the Holy Ghost, and he is. And all these three, they are one. So in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. For the remission, which means to pardon, forgiveness of sins or offenses, discharge, release from penalty, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. What is the Holy Ghost? The spirit of the living God dwelling on the inside. Hallelujah. The power, Acts 1 and 8 says, and ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So what do I need power for? The ability to say no. The ability to stop. The ability to resist. Hallelujah. Without that power, you can't stop sinning. Hallelujah. And then even I thought about this. Even after we receive the Holy Ghost, you still need to repent. Somebody said, well, I received the Holy Ghost 40 years ago. Well, have you repented since then? Mm, No, something wrong. We still need to repent. We still need to ask God for forgiveness. Hallelujah. Ready or not, here I come. 
And even as I begin to read Acts 2.38, I thought about my own baptism. Hallelujah. And I thought about that day when I was standing in their water. Hallelujah. And that man said to me, and now, my dearly beloved sister, upon the confession of my faith. Hallelujah. And the blessed word of God concerning his death and burial and resurrection. I now indeed baptize you in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sin. And with a repentant heart, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. And the saints said, amen. <laughs> My Lord. Do you remember that day? Hallelujah. And then maybe some of y'all are saying, well, Sister Rashida, I already got the Holy Ghost. Okay, but are you ready? Are you ready? If he comes right now, are you ready to go? Hallelujah. Are you ready to fly if he comes right now? Hallelujah. Have you repented? Have you apologized? Have you said, I'm sorry? Somebody saying, I wish you would be quiet. That's the flesh talking. I wish you would be quiet. You have one soul. You don't get another one. And even the little skit that they did, and he was counting to 10, and he counted to 8. And then Brother Isaiah said, I'm not ready. I ain't ready. And he started all over, gave him a chance to hide. God is not going to do that. He's not going to come and say, okay, I'm going to count to 20. And I'm going to give you another chance to get it right. This is our chance to get it right, saints. I can appreciate messages like this because it keeps me on my toes. And even I thought about when I received the gift of the Holy Ghost on June the 7th, 1992, on a Sunday night, classroom number three. That's when I received the Holy Ghost. But what, what I can appreciate is when I came to a place that it was an atmosphere of holiness, that the word of God came and he didn't sugarcoat the gospel. Hallelujah. And you know, there was a time when you could even turn on the TV and hear messages. Hallelujah. There were messages of holiness. There was a time that the preachers was not afraid to preach holiness. But you know, we are living in a day and time when you barely even hear them preach holiness. Hallelujah. I'm talking across the board. I'm not talking about here. I'm talking across the board. There was a time that they stood on the truth and they wasn't afraid to preach the word of God. And we are living in a day and time. I told the Lord, I said, you know what? If you're going to use me, I can't be worried about somebody upset with me. I can't be worried about somebody text. Did you hear what she said? It's the word of God. If you are lost, you're lost forever. Hallelujah. He said, be ready. And sometimes we come and we sit. Hallelujah. And the word of God goes forth. Hallelujah. Sometimes it don't matter who looking at you. If you need to come up to this altar and repent, then you better forget about who's looking at you and who's sitting over there. No, you got one soul. And you better get that soul to this altar and repent if you need to repent. Amen. Because we don't know when he's coming back. Hallelujah. Ready or not, here I come. 
ready or not, I'm coming. If you're ready, I'm coming. And if you're not ready, I'm still coming. Where will you be when he comes for you? You don't even know. Will you be at school? I'm not trying to scare anybody. But where will you be? Think about that. Will you be at school with your friends? Will you be in the grocery store? Will you be in the car? Road rage? Will you be at home? The same way you are at church, are you that way at home? Does your children recognize you? Does your spouse recognize you? This message challenged me. Just because the preacher gets up here behind this pulpit does not mean they are exempt from the very word that they are preaching. He said, be ready. We don't know. And another thing, you don't have to be sick to leave here. You don't have to be sick. People say, well, what was wrong? Oh, well, nothing, or I don't know. You don't have to be sick. But just take heed to the word of God. Minister Bell preached a wonderful message on Thursday. Take heed. Take heed. Amen. In my closing, I knew I wouldn't be long, but in my closing, on Thursday, I was at work. And my client that I take care of, the family, had to just place him in hospice. And so they asked me if I would stay a little later because their son was coming in from New York to spend time with his dad. And so I worked some extended hours. I was very tired, but I said, you know, this family is going through right now. Whatever I can do to help them, you know, I'm willing to stay and help. And so I stayed. And so the son got off the plane and came to the facility where he's at. And so we're sitting and we begin to talk. I begin to fill him in on what was going on with his father. We stayed there. We laughed and we exchanged numbers because they have children. And so whenever there's a change, I have to respond to the family to let them know what's going on. And so I said, well, I don't have your number. Let's exchange numbers. I said, if you need me, give me a call. Until then, I'll see you at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. He said, yeah, yeah, sure. So I go home, get up that next morning, come to work, thinking I'm going to see him because we said he'll be here at 8 o'clock in the morning. And so one hour passed, and I'm sitting at the desk, and I get a text message. And the text message says, Rashida, please take care of my father. My brother died. And we don't know how this happened. I am sitting in a state of shock because I'm thinking, but wait a minute. We were just talking. We just exchanged numbers. Here it is, he just came in from New York. He's engaged to be married. Living a nice, successful life and all of these things. And I'm sitting there, I, I don't know how long I'm staring at my phone, even before I responded to his sister and I thought, I said, wait a minute, 
I'm, I was hoping it was a typo. You know, sometimes you get a message and you're thinking, well, maybe. And I said, oh, Lord, have mercy. Bless this family, Lord. Lord, bless this family. And so the day goes on, not expecting to see the family at all because they're dealing with the shock of what just happened. They're already dealing with the fact that they're trying to get a grip on their father and husband being in hospice. So now, they now have to prepare for a funeral. And so, several hours later, the mom and the wife comes through the door, and all I could do was just hug her. And so... She's sitting down and she just starts talking. She said, well, my son was in the shower. She said, and I knew he was in the shower longer than normal. She said, I didn't want to walk in on my 50-year-old son. I'm just thinking, well, he's in there too long. So she goes back to her room and she comes out again. She said, well, she said, I knocked on the door. She said, and I opened the door. And there he lay on the floor with the phone in his hand. So she calls 911 and they encourage her to do chest compressions. By this time, he's already gone. And I I just, I mean, I am still in a state of shock. I'm like, this man, Lord, I'm just, I was just sitting here talking to him. And so it was another reminder to me, ready or not, none of us know, none of us, you know, we hear the saying, life is short. And like I said, that, that thing shook me. It just, it shook me. And, and so, you know, I've been praying for them and I mean, it's just, it's just, for lack of a better term, it's just a mess right now. And so I've been at work and just been there and trying to comfort them. And then they're asking me questions and my advice. And I'm like, Lord, what do I say to this family? But again, it just caused me to check myself. Ready or not. Rashida, you got to be ready when he comes. Whether he comes five years or 10 years or five minutes or we just, you know, saints, we have to be ready. This message ain't deep. It's simple. But if you lose your soul, that's deep. We have one soul. And if you lose that, you don't get an exchange. You don't get another one. You can't go to the dressing room and say, can I have a, no, this is it. And we have to be, we must Be ready for the coming of the Lord. When I thought about Noah, I I thought about as he's building this ark, what in the world were these people thinking? I mean, I didn't read nothing where the people walked up to him and said, Noah, what are you doing? You know, what's going on? I didn't read any of that, but I could just think, what what were these people thinking? And then uh, some of them were, I'm sure they were mocking him and laughing because who had ever heard of rain? But then the scripture says, when he was finished building this ark, that God said, go into the ark. And the Bible said, God closed the door. Can you imagine these people? Noah, let us in. Can you imagine the first 
raindrop and they cannot get in this ark. But then one day pass and then two, three, 10, 20, 30, and 40 days. 40 days? By this time, everything has been destroyed just as God said. Saints, we have to be ready for the coming of the Lord. We are going to see things, as that definition said, that will shock us. But we have to keep our eyes on the Lord. We have to stay ready. We have to be quick to forgive. We have to be quick to say, I'm sorry. It's not always just a for forgiveness. Sometimes you need to be the one to say, I'm sorry. My Lord. Sometimes we got to be the one. And then sometimes God will deal with you and say, now you go say, I'm sorry. And you're like, well, mm-mm. No, he said, go say, I'm sorry. He's just looking for obedience. Just be obedient. Ready or not, here I come. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord.